Yeah, what's good, man? We uh, we got our first interview of the podcast. Uh, Brother Rod Stevens, aka DJ Rod, man, Flavor, aka DJ Rod One. Uh, Rodney, there's a whole bunch of them, man. We got a whole bunch of them, man. Yeah, yeah. We known each other probably at least like 18 years, right? Yeah, yeah. About around like 18 that. years. Um, so, snapper. what can you tell me about Gambles? Gambles is a place that nobody knows about it until somebody tells you about it. Yeah. Uh, some people will tell you they've drove through it before. Oh, that's that's where it's at where they built that new uh the new green turtle. Yeah, down there. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll tell you that. But uh Gambles is a place where everybody knows everybody. Uh, no question. So it's one of those places where, you know, if you see so and so walking down the street, is that Stanley? That's Stanley Wilson. <laughs> I mean, God damn, it's Stanley Wilson right there. But Everybody knows everybody. Like a Negro Mayberry. Right. That's Floyd exactly. the Barber right there. Exactly. So that's, that's Rod. That's Rod from the uh mm, spin them records. Yep. And then and everybody know their family. They know your mother, they know your father, and they will tell. Oh my goodness. <laughs> they will tell, yo. <laughs> they will up. tell. That's why I grew up like that over Matthew's town, you know what I mean? <laughs> the same way. Um, how you start DJing? Uh I started DJing it it actually happened. Uh, we had a friend of, of, of the uh, family. Actually, he was uh, a friend of our cousins. So they used to live uh, in Gambrels, of course. Right. And they did a couple parties. And I was just so happy. I used to go up and watch them play softball. There's a group called the All-Stars. And we used to go watch them play softball all the time or whatever. So they would have their little get-togethers and parties. And uh, once I seen... You know, I was always a fan of music, and I always said I wanted to be one of those guys that played, you know, the records on the radio. Right. And and the crazy thing about it is that, you know, the people aren't actually playing the music, you know, unless it's an actual DJ. But with that being said, you know, I saw, you know, one of the guys, he was always uh, a guy named Archie Oliver. He was always... Shout out to Archie. Yeah, shout out to Archie. Easy A is Uh what they call him. (laughs) Easy A. So he was actually the you know on the team, you know one of the popular. He was an outfielder, you know what I mean. But the thing is, so they had the softball team, so the softball team was all black. All right. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's different in itself. But they always used to, you know, go play on Sundays. They played on Saturdays and tournaments, and you know we would go up and watch them play, and they would have these parties. So he actually was the first person that I seen other than Jam Master J, other than Jazzy Jeff, right. that actually was in my face and he had the equipment and he had records and he had all this stuff. So I was just like, oh man, I would, you know, he saw me watching him. So he was like, you would like to learn? I was like, yeah, I would like to learn. So he, you know, gave me a couple pointers while he was doing the party or whatever. And I was like, oh, this looks kind of cool. He was like, you know, anytime you want to, you know, borrow anything, just let me know. Huh? What? Really? Yeah, yeah, just let me know. So he allowed myself and my brother. Shout out to LL. LL. So he would allow us to come to his house. I mean, come to his house. He would have a setup. We could take the turntables. We could take the mixer. Wow. And crates of records back to our house. Shout out to him, crates of records. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so he allowed us to actually go in and take. Out of the take the stuff out of the house. Wow, 
bring back to our house. Uh, at the house? No, no, we wasn't. Sp- what? What was he spinning? Like all hip hop. Okay. All hip, but it was definitely hip hop. Um, I I remember one of the first records uh, I asked him about was Public Enemy Rebel Without a Pause, mm. and I said to him, "Do you know who that is? I mean, do you do you know who does it? Because I didn't know, you know, it was Public Enemy at the time. Okay." But I remember that was, that was one of the first records that I asked him, hey, do you know who that is? And this and that. He was like, yeah, that's, he said, that's Public Enemy or whatever. So I remember that. And we went to the house, make sure you give me that Public Enemy record because he had two of them. Right. So the funny thing about it is that we would take it back and we would play and we would keep it. We didn't necessarily take it back on time. You know what I mean? <laughs> he never gave us a, a, a time frame. Right. You know what I mean? To say, hey, can you bring it back? It's only when he knew he had a party. He's like, hey. You know, I need it back. I got a party. And then we bring it back to him. Or That's whatever. Right. So this went on for, for I would say, about a year or so. Okay. You know, a year or so. And then we was just like, uh, me and my brother just had a conversation. We was just like, look, we got We would like to get our own equipment, that type of thing. But we don't have the records. Right. So um, he uh, actually gave us some pointers. That's when Waxy Maxi was big. Mm. You know, uh, Sam Goody. That's when they sell sold records. Waxy yeah. Maxi, uh, Sam Goody. We would go, and we used to pick out you know a couple records. And uh, the funny thing about it was that at that point in time, you know, we could find records in the record store. Like if you went to Fye now, right. you could find it, but. You know that that's how waxy maxy was. That's how Sam Goody was. So, with that being said, he would allow us to take it, and you know that's what created us or helped us, you know, grow the passion for it. Then we bought our own equipment, and then bought our own records, and the rest was history. So. Loaded up the back of the rabbit. Yeah, and let's yeah. Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, where the name Mad Flavor come from? Mad Flavor came from Ladrell. Okay. Yeah, because um, we were in Touchables Entertainment, Untouchables Entertainment, okay. and uh, and I don't know if you know who uh, Untouchables Entertainment. We found out Heavy D and um, Eddie F okay. was using that name, so uh-huh. they they had Untouchables Entertainment, but we didn't know at that point in time. Like if you listen to like early mixtapes that we did. Untouchables Entertainment, we would say that before the mixtapes. Okay. Or whatever. So then when we know we saw, you know, got the Heavy D record and it said Untouchables Entertainment on it for his production company, we was like, okay, we need to change the tank change the name. Okay. And Ladrell was like, I'll come up with one. And he came up with one and it said Mad Flavor. And I was like, Huh, I like that. You know what I mean? Right. So that's where we roll with the Mad Flavor Entertainment. So Okay. That's what's up. So you end up at uh V one oh three. Yeah, this is um this is before I met you. Uh, right. The V103, I remember I, my cousin Humphrey like, yeah, my cousin, my cousin on the radio. Um, check out my cousin. <laughs> that oh, shout say. out to Humphrey. Yeah, Humphrey. <laughs> shout out to Humphrey, man. Yeah. Um, Rob Hooker. Yeah. <laughs> hey yo, you know it's coming, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know it's coming. <laughs> you know it's coming. You know it's coming. But um, yeah, it, he always said, yo, my cousin, my cousin on the radio, my cousin on the radio, and um. I was like, oh, yeah, who's who his name? And then he just named, and I was like, oh, nigga, you just said somebody's name. Like, I heard him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, what's weird is in Baltimore, there was a couple rods, right? Right. It was, uh, what's the, the rod to do the, the club joints? Uh, um, rod Lee. Rod Lee. Yeah, it was Rod Lee. Rod Braxton. Rod Braxton. Yeah, so. Right. And at that point in time, when I was at V103, 
Raw Lee was at 92Q. Raw Braxton was at V103. Okay. So we were able to coexist, you know what I mean, at that point in time. Raw Braxton. I knew something was going to have to change just because there's too many Raws. And I kept getting asked, are you Raw Braxton? At that point from V103. And then it started being uh, when I went to Q, they were like, are you Raw Lee? Uh, You know, and so I got that. And that's where the Raw 1 came from because uh, I didn't say it. Um, Reggie came up with it. We were doing a mixed weekend. I just started at 92Q. And uh, he goes, well, we need to change your name because we got Rod Lee on that. And I was like, well, I, give me a chance to think of Why well, I ain't got time. You know, I, if you ever talk to Reggie, but Reggie Reg, shout out to Reggie Reg. Yeah, you ever talk to Reggie, he ain't got time. <laughs> Anytime, he ain't got time. All right. So, hey, I'm doing the mixed schedule now. I need your name. So he came up with Rod 1. Okay. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. But it was I, off the jersey, wasn't it? Because you used to rock the Mad Flavor well, jersey. Well, the Mad Flavor jersey kind of was like, the jersey was like one, two, three, four. Right. So I just got one because I guess, you know, I was the first one, I guess. You know, I don't right. know. But that's where it came from. So he was like raw at one. And uh, it was kind of like, you know, he was like, lack of better term. I was like, I, he didn't have time. He was like, yo, I, I need to do this mixed schedule. This is what they're going to call you for like, a good week and a half, I was Rod Rod one, and then I came back with Rod Mad Flavor, and the first thing they said was, "That's too long." Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, it's absolutely too long," but I like it right. because then I know it can brand Mad Flavor Entertainment, right? Mad Flavor, so it kind of made sense. So that's where I came from. That's what's up. So tell me about the transition from from B one hundred three to the Q. How was that weird? Cause I remember, like, I remember almost kind of being sad, sad that the V was going away. Uh, I remember, like, Randy and Gene in the morning, you know what I mean, growing up, and dude, then it was gone. Dude, let me tell you. It was probably the most depressing time that I saw in the industry where, where a whole group of people were lost mm. and didn't know what they were going to do. Okay. Um, We actually found out, somebody told us, the day before wow, it was going to happen. Mm. And they took us, they was like, look, they're going to keep you guys on, but you know, they're going to switch the station over and it's going to be pop. And you know, we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you saw people, I remember talking to DJ spin and I, and I asked spin, I was like, uh, you know, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to everybody? He was like, dude, I don't know. He's like, I can't even tell you. I don't even know what's going on with me, let alone what's going on with you. So I said, they're like, you know what? I never want to go through this again. Right. I was sitting there like, how can you just change a whole radio station over? And I really didn't know what was going on. But um, I was working in promotion, so I was able to actually still have a job after that. But at that point, it just really was about business. It wasn't even fun anymore. You right. know, because you saw so many people in sales, so many people on the air lose their job like like sitting there actually crying ah. you know because you you basically lost they they lost to 92q uh-huh. which at that point in time was got younger they had the younger audience they had the streets and that's the tough thing about it you know so you saw a lot of people that was really hurt so that transition happened and we were there and a funny story about that was um we changed over to uh 102.7 okay lime green black you know uh, the vehicles were we had these lime green black shirts with lime green letters x one you know 102.7 
pop station or whatever. And they said things wouldn't change. Well, hmm. we went out and met with, i never forget, we went to uh, a club and we were supposed to be setting up some event or whatever or just talking to the guys. And we really didn't have to do too much talking. We just did a walkthrough. We did a walkthrough. As we left, when we left, the guy, which he was white, called the radio station and said, you know, who are these guys you sent out here? They called the 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 rep, okay. you know, that, that had us go out there and do the walkthrough. It's like, what do you mean? What'd they do? He's like, they didn't necessarily do anything, but they're black. And he was just like, well, what did you expect? Is that a problem? And the guy was like, no, well, you guys are a white radio station now. You're a white radio station. You play top 40 right now. Why did you guys send these black guys out here? And they was just like, well, they work with us in right. radio. You know what I mean? They, they were people that were still here or whatever. So by the time we probably were maybe five minutes out from the station, I get a call from, um, you know, our our supervisor. And they say, hey, you know, you guys okay? And we're like, yeah, well, we're almost to the station. We're like, okay, well, I got to talk to you guys. So we walk in. And they pull us into the office, and they're just like, listen, um, we're not saying that you guys did anything, but certain people are going to feel a certain type of way about you guys, mm. you know, being black, and it's an all-white And We were like, well, what did we do? So they explained to us that this gentleman had called, and he said, you know, that they didn't necessarily do anything, but they would much rather, I thought you guys were a white station. Why are you sending these black guys out here? Wow. Dude, crazy. we were floored. Yeah. We were sitting there floored. And- at that point in time, we knew that things were going to be different, and I was already contemplating whether or not I, you know, wanted to stay in radio. And if I did want to stay in radio, did I want to be at a top forty station, right, or whatever? So not too long after that, um, me and some of the other guys were let go. You know, at that point, so okay. it was really, you know, we walked in. They were just like, oh, well, things aren't working out. You know, they didn't like the way we did certain things because we still held that element of, I think we were at a Prince concert or something like that. Okay. And, you know, we, we had everybody rocking the Prince or whatever. We're kind of like DJing out the parking lot or whatever. And I think really they were just looking for some, a reason to get rid of us or whatever. Uh... So, which was fine with me because we were already thinking like, this isn't for us, but we got to see Prince. That's what, that's the only hey. time I got to see Prince. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but that's basically how that happened. Then I left there and, um, you know, concentrated on school, graduated, uh-huh. met you guys yes. at that point. And um, at that point in time, it was probably like three years out before I went to 92Q. Okay. And that was a conversation that one of the guys I was working with, V103, with, which was Corey. Okay. And Corey was at uh, Magic. Uh-huh. And I said, Corey, I think I want to come back to radio, but I just want to do mixing. I don't want to do promotions or whatever. He's like, well, we got an opening in 90 Q promotions and it's a possibility that you can mix or whatever. So that's kind of how that came All out. Right, shout out to Corey, man. Yeah. That's the homie. <laughs> that's the homie. Um, so quick story. I mean, to, to bring anything full circle. Yeah. So I go out with my cousin Humpy yeah. one night. We were at Morgan Homecoming and then he like, yo, you want to hang out tonight? I'm like, bet. Here comes Drell. The Drell comes, picks us up, and like we're going to party out Towson. Now, I'm in a rap group, you know what I'm saying? Right. And we homies with rap groups, you know what I'm saying? It's right, a couple right, rap groups right, or whatever. Right. And um, so me and Kendall, 
Shout, shout out to Hater Math. Yeah. Um, so we we're in a group, and then uh, Rucker, Kel, uh, what was it Rucker, Kel, Atif, and, and his cousin, Carlos. Carlos. Yeah. Were all in a group. Gotcha. They were sick. Uh-huh. So we um we go to the party, me and Humpy, and they're like, "Oh yeah, well this is my cousin." This is my cousin that that I told you was on the radio. Right. And I hear radio, and I'm like, yo, I rap. Give me on the radio, nigga. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, put me on the radio right now, nigga. I got bars. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, and then then I'm assuming that's, like, right before you were ready to graduate. And I'm like, man, this this is something. Like, you know what I mean? Radio, (laughs) a real DJ, yada, yada. We're impressed with it. Easily impressed. Right. You know what I'm saying? We we young. Right. And so immediately, I like, look, let's just put the two groups together. You know what I mean? This is Anne Arundel County Slaughterhouse, nigga. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. We we got ourselves together and and, and was like, well, we all all sat in my grandmother's house over Spring Meadows rapping, writing writing raps. raps. And we was like, all right, and we and I hollered at you. I right. got you. I got your phone number. Right. And he was like, well, I'm graduating next week, nigga. <laughs> so after that, we talked about getting y'all in the studio. <laughs> right, see right. what we can do. Right. So, what were your first thoughts when you met us? When I first met you guys, I really thought, um, first, first off, like me graduating, I was kind of like uh, looking at a lot of things that I wanted to do, and production was one of them. Okay. You know, DJing was one, production was one of them. I really didn't have any uh, desire at that point in time to go back to uh, radio. Okay. But um, you guys kind of really, when you guys came along, it kind of gave me a reason to really want to have to deal with radio again. Right. So with that being said, and I met you guys, first thing I thought, I was like, okay, this group is big, and I could see them you know, rapping like a Wu-Tang or whatever, right. but let me hear what they can do. Right. So, um, you know, a lot of stuff that we threw on, a lot of freestyles and stuff like that, I was mm-hmm. just like, yo, these guys are talented. I said, we really could do some damage because right. I've never heard anybody in this area um, sound like them. Yo, Math is probably still the dopest MC I've heard from Maryland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah, crazy. Yeah. Shout out to him. Yeah, Shout out to Math. <laughs> That's what you hate him, Math. Yeah, hate him, Math. <laughs> At Math Damon. Uh, 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 <laughs> I think um, Math Damon. Yeah, he was Harper Genocide then. Geno. Geno. <laughs> hey yo, I'm gonna tell you like this, and this this might be the, the best time because I'm sitting there and I'm listening to some of the stuff. Now, now mind you, I said I found the tapes, so I got the tapes. Uh oh. So I'm listening to the tapes, and I'm like, well, actually, I couldn't listen to the tapes because I didn't have a tape deck yeah, at that time. So the funny thing is, is that I have one in the bedroom. Okay. The one that used to be in my office, it was a tape deck because we had to do a lot of, uh, at radio, you got to do a lot of, uh, you know, you know, you had to air check your show. So okay. the only way you can air check it disposably is with a cassette tape. Right. So they have one of those in the studio. So we would still... Air check each other with they they don't air check each other still, you know with cassettes they don't even use DVDs yet. Some people might do it, but okay. with that being said, I had one just because that's why I had a tape deck. So I had the same one in the bedroom. Okay, you know it's a real nice one. You know the CD player and got tape deck this and that. So I kept it. All right. So a couple weeks ago, not even I would say not even not even three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Okay. I. Found the tapes, 
I go up in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Angela's asleep. She's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm just going to borrow this right here. And I took the <laughs> whole, I left the speakers, but I okay. took the, the mass part of it. Okay. Down to the studio, right. plugged it up, and popped the tape in. And dude, I was just like, it was there. Yeah. Out of here. Like, it was, you just sit there, and it just took me back. All the way back to All the way back 90, to that time. 97? Yeah, 97. And that's what that, that's what y'all reminded me of. Yo. Y'all reminded me of like a Wu-Tang slash, I mean, only because of the numbers. Right. Not necessarily because of how y'all sounded, but right. it was just the numbers. Yeah, and so. then everybody was different. Like mm-hmm. you had like mm-hmm. like I thought Kel like Kel and Kel and Kendall mm-hmm. could have been like Mob Deep mm-hmm. Part Two. Yeah. Like they, Roy, right? Roy was just you know what I mean that this that loud, yeah. like you know what I mean with with bars and yeah. it was and just, Kendall was straight to the point. Yeah. Like it was just like <laughs> there it is, right? And it wasn't a long like Roy would give you a long bar, like a long. Verse, but Kendall would give you the exact raw, like bow, like yeah. in eight bars, and it's over. Like yeah. you knew exactly what he was saying. Right. It was man, that was a crazy time. You know, we was in a cipher with Jay Diller, um, at Towson one time. Yeah. Uh, man, we <laughs> sat down to kick the remember with cannabis. The yep. one we did all yeah. kind of crazy stuff. We was like tribe. Right. It was like a hip hop force gump. You right. know, we were just going through right. time periods, just meeting like uh we met like Clef and, and Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all kinds of like I remember one night when I used, I was I was we was out there and I was smoking a cigarette out backstage. Um that was the night that Ilfam got booed at Towson. <laughs> <laughs> booed. Oh it was bloody booed. murder. Booed. Booed. What were we doing? Booed. They, if it was between sets, everybody was waiting for Wyclef in the in, in the refugee camp. All oh. you say, you know what? Put on ill fan right fast. <laughs> <laughs> and you start I think you you spawned something, maybe it was big time or something. Yeah. And we just started rapping. And I mean boo <laughs> my nigga. Like, get these little niggas off stage, nigga. You want to see White Clef? Only oh, that nigga ain't even got no dreadlocks. <laughs> like, it was, it was, it I'm was I'm thinking crazy. more of the booze was because they wanted, they wanted Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It really wasn't that Yeah, no, they didn't know us enough yeah. to hate us. Yeah. But they hated us then. Yeah, his <laughs> Look, that's not, what I, that's not what I paid for. <laughs> so, tell me about Rap Attack. Whew. Rap Attack kind of like fell in my lap, in okay. a sense. Like, it was just like, um... When uh, I, I was at the station, I was always plugging for something. I, I remember the first couple of days I was there, I gave Dion, who was the program director, my mix CD. Okay. And he was just like, you only been here three days. And you already, <laughs> like, this was at 92Q. And he was like, you only been here three days. You, you giving me your mix CD already? I was like, yeah, I, 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 I'm ready. You know, so I, I'm just looking at it like they got Kenny K on the air. They got Booby on the air. Hell yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is the third member of the uh, interview. Is a yeah. little bit of Ryle left right. from episode thirteen. You mean? <laughs> yeah. So they got they got top name known DJs, great DJs that are on Mike Crosby. Okay. You know, at the time, and uh, you know, Swift is on. You know, it's just rest it's a, yeah, rest in peace, to Swift. So everybody's on doing their thing, and it's like, okay, who's this guy? That's coming along. That's just passing on his mix CD and you know whatever. So they checked it out and they was just like, "Yo, this dude really got something." You ever think about being on the air? And I was like, "No, not not necessarily being on the air." I said, "I just want to mix because I knew I saw what it did to people on uh, 
at, at, at V103. So I really wasn't interested. I said, I just want to mix. So basically, I said to myself, um, you know, I'm just going to keep it there. Then I remember, I distinctly remember um, Mark Clark okay. saying, Rod, like, really, you have the voice, you, you have the drive, you have the determination, you got the look, you got this. You could do this. Like, he was like, you really should think about doing it. And, uh, you know, people like the way you play. You're coming along, this and that. You you know, you got your college degree. Think about it. So I thought about it, and they had an opening on Saturday nights. Well, sun, Saturday nights going into Sunday morning. All right. 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Okay. And uh, Right before church music. Right before church music. And uh, the funny thing about it is that uh, I was supposed to, you know, sit in with a girl named Poet. Shout out to Poet. Uh-huh. And uh, she's supposed to be on there with me. And, and they was like, hey, just go in there and see, you know, with her. She'll show you the ropes or whatever. So I decided to do it. I went in there. Here it is, 230, 245, mm-hmm. 250, 255. Um, I get a text from Dion. Listen, Uh-oh. Poet's not going to be there. You have your headphones. Do your show. Have fun. That's what's up. That was it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, where... At that time, the commercials weren't loaded in, like the computer. Carts, they had carts at that time. So you had to stack all your carts up and put them in or whatever. Not too long after that, they, they went digital. But it was when I first started, which was probably like, you know, three months before they went digital, you had to put carts in. So I'm sitting there like, okay, what am I supposed to do? You know, what am I doing or whatever? And I had to figure it out. And they just threw me to the wolves. And they mm. were just like, you'll figure it out or whatever. So I held that shift down for at least, I would say, a good six months. And then um, I got approached, you know, about uh, doing Rap Attack. Okay. And what you think about it, because you know hip-hop and, you know, you always talk about hip-hop. You always play a lot of hip-hop. What do you think about doing it? I was just like, I love the idea. So I, I would have the opportunity to actually work with Butterman, you right. know, which at that point in time, everybody was like, Butterman this, Butterman that, about, you know, um, about Rap Attack, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, they was just like, yo, Butter did some big things, and, and he did big interviews, and and I was just like, you know, I felt a certain type of way, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, you know, at that point in time, he was working with um, Mike Nice, mm-hmm. and, and Mike Nice was, was going to have to, you know, step back for whatever reason he had, I can't remember. But um, because it started the first the first iteration of, of Rap Attack, uh-huh. it was was Mike Butterman and JB the Ball Headed Wonder. Right? Actually, it was JB and and Butterman. Okay, it was That's just JB was. and Butterman. Yeah. Okay, then it was uh uh after JB passed, uh rest in peace, rest of JB. Peace. Um, then it was Baby Sam. And, okay, and Butterman. Now Sam used to be on eighty eight nine, right? Yeah, right, right. Because yeah, she used and to be she, on with a uh, kill. Right, and she came in. Um, she was working at the station for a while. Then she got a. Um, from what I understand, if I uh, I stand to be corrected, if she had a I got another position in in uh, in the record industry, and, uh-huh. and and wound up leaving radio. So then it was Butter again, and then it was Butter and uh, uh, Mike Nice. Okay. So Butter and Mike Nice at that point in time, and then Mike Nice was leaving at that point in time. So they would needed somebody else to come in. So it was like, you know, what do you think? I was like, I love it. You know what right. I mean? I was like, I love that. At that point in time, they were on Saturday nights. You know, I, I didn't, I, I thought it was a great opportunity. So, right. you know, I wanted to, 
be able to take advantage of it. And I'm glad I did because, you know, a lot of things happen from that. Right. So, you know, I can't be mad about that. But a lot of times, you know, we look at opportunity and not and realize how big it is and be scared of it. Mm-hmm. I definitely would. I was just like, no, nah, let's go. I hear that. You know what I'm saying? So. That's what's up. Um, what did you do after the Q? I remember you went to Richmond for a while, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after after I left Q, um, I was with Q at Q for like 13, 14 years. Um, it actually and the funny thing is I saw the video a couple couple weeks ago. Um, I found a lot of stuff a couple weeks ago. The funny thing about it, uh, the video of the the farewell show on Rap Attack. You know, me going mm. to Virginia, I actually got a promotion, and they wanted me to run the four stations down there. And then the funny thing about it is that by me doing the broadcast, uh, live broadcast DJing, and then doing promotions and being the promotions director, which was huge, um, I had to make a decision. Like, it was just like, you know, am I going to stay here and continue to do uh, what I'm doing, or would I want to actually, you know, take a step up? Right. And, and, and the company really wanted me to. I mean, I had, I actually told them no, like four times. Wow. And they continued to pursue me. And it was just like, listen, this is a great opportunity. We want you to do this. We think it's be great for you right? or whatever. So with that being said, I thought about it. I said, a lot of people chase jobs, but jobs don't really chase people. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, okay. And, and they increased the pay. Like that was the. You know, like that was the reason why I wasn't gonna do it. I was like, nah, it's not the pay. Not the you know, but they kept having the pay go up. So I'm I'm up to like seventy four K. Okay. So I'm like, okay, that's what y'all want me to do. Like I am all right, you know, and, and my son is th- you know, he was at that point in time he was pro- I think he was one. Okay. He was one at the time. And I really wasn't thinking about moving. You know, me and Angela had just, you know, really got settled, you know what I mean? And we were just like, Hey, you know, we really didn't want to move but to move to Virginia was just, it was a totally different scene. Starting it. over. I mean, it's basically starting over. This is everybody you know, and you go down there to start over. Now, do I suggest it? Absolutely. Yeah. Because it, it grounds you, it makes you realize what you have. It, it actually puts you in a position to think about everything that you've done and taking the formula that you have at a place that you're familiar with and taking it somewhere else. Yeah. And it was, it was great. You know, once we got to Virginia. Now, the thing is that you got to realize that when you bring that formula to people, sometimes people aren't ready for it. Right. You know, they're not ready for it. They're not uh, accepting. Okay. They're used to doing things a certain way, whether it's right, whether it's wrong. They're just used to it being a certain way. So, but with that being said, you know, it was a great, well, we were there for about four years. Okay. Um, the one deciding factor was talking to Angela and her saying, hey, I got your back. I'll move wherever you move, you know, and, and her being able to pick up and, you know, you know, be, you know, that person that actually got your backbone, you know, in Virginia. So I'm sitting there like, okay, well, let's do it. And she was like, it's not like, you know, we can't come back. And that, you know, with that being said and me thinking about, hey, I want to, you know, expand my brand and do something different. Or whatever, that was the society. That's well, the deciding factor right. for me doing it. So that's what's up. So you mentioned Angela a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, the, if you get a chance, the video was online. You actually got 
Keisha Cole during the Keisha Cole show, you yeah. actually proposed to your wife to be. Yeah. How'd that work out? How'd you? How'd you? How'd you, um, how'd you make that happen? The 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 great thing about it is that you and and that's what I learned in Virginia. Um, take advantage of the people you know. Not take advantage of people. Right. But people people will help you. Right. You know, people. It, it's not necessarily that you're getting on their nerves or you don't like what they do or they don't like you and you're taking advantage of them because of what they do. Right. Um, it, it's like, you know, you, you're washing their hands and they're washing yours. One hand washes you know, the other. One hand right. washes the other. Yeah. So with that being said, um, I had a gentleman that does big shows here named Don Wayne. Shout out to Don Wayne. All right. Um, he came down to Virginia, was doing shows down there. Okay. So he was doing a lot of shows, doing a lot of shows. And I said to him, um, Don, I got an idea. I'm thinking about coming back. And he's like, really? And he's like, what are you going to do? So when I come back, I want to do shows. Now, the first thing he's thinking, like, nigga, I'm doing shows. <laughs> you can't come back and do shows. Nah. I said, nah, I, I got a totally different idea. Um, Pork had came, Pork Chop had came down to visit, and he was just like, uh, yo, what's happening? He went down to visit his father, and he stopped by and see me in Virginia. Uh-huh. And um, I said, yo, the funny thing here, I was like, yo, the biggest spot around here is a Friday's. Like, they uh, do parties at Friday's, this yeah. and that, blah, blah, blah. I was like, they set a DJ up. I mean, dude, I had to actually stand in line for a good 20 minutes to even get in. I wound up going home because I was right. like, I ain't standing in line. Well, with that being said, I kind of got an idea. I was like, look, you know, if I come back, I want to do some show. I want to do show promotions, but this is the way I want to do them. Right. I want to be able to have a stack of tickets and go to different locations, be able to give them out and have people pay us to go out and do these events. Okay. Or whatever. So he's like, hey, Rod, that's a great idea. Well, with that being said, when we came back, you know, um, a lot of people love the idea. You know, I forgot what the question was again. <laughs> just, I was just asking, uh, how'd you get Keisha Cole? Gotcha. Okay. So it's about, so that, I was talking that's about. The, uh, that yeah. is the third member showing up. Yeah. That's as it always member. does. So with that being said, I was talking about like relationships. Okay. So knowing Don and then knowing so many people in the records industry, I was calling people and I said, um, I know I love her and I want to give her and my kids, you know, something that I never had. And that's not taking anything away from my parents. Yeah. But I said, I want to be able to be married and do something special. When you're grown, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just be married and, and, you know, walk down the aisle, you know, I just wanted to be special. Yeah. And how we do it. And I said, um, well, the Keisha Cole show is coming up. And I know that's her favorite artist. I said, uh, you know, I know a couple people that work at Interscope. I said, let me give him a call. So I gave him a call. You don't know Sugar, do you? No, I don't know him. I don't want to know him. (laughs) Nah, nah, brother. He can't see you right now, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. With the glasses on. Yeah, yo. Yeah, the stick and everything. That thing is bonkers. I'm sorry. Go ahead, yo. Yo, he can't see that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. So I, I called a couple people at uh, Interscope. Um, shout out to my man Doug. I just called him and I said, "Listen, um, this is what I want to do." I said, "You know, she's coming to town in DC," and I said, uh, "If you guys are doing a meet and greet, I would love for Angela because we meet people all the time. Like you just said, like when we was doing what we was doing, man." To have y'all come and just meet people and just be around people, 
It was nothing. It's I nothing to the us. Eardrum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, eardrum. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and Pat, it's nothing. That that's what we supposed to do. Right. So with that being said, to go around uh, for me to meet Keisha Cole, I met Keisha a couple times. Um, she had never met her. Okay. You know what I mean? So I was like, hey, you know, we're gonna do a meet and greet. If you guys are doing a meet and greet, I would love for her to meet her. And when she meet her, I want to propose. Okay. He was like, oh, that's a, that's cool. That's cool. Now at the time. Um, she was going through that whole riff with Beyonce and all that garbage or whatever. Okay. So, um, you know, it was just crazy because I was sitting there like, you know, I know both of these young ladies really don't want to take it there. Right. You know what I mean? Really, you know, and everybody's making it bigger than what it is or whatever. Um, it was crazy because at that point in time, I said, yo, nobody wants to do that type of thing. And, and I'm sitting there thinking about it. And Doug hits me back and he's like, yo. For real, he's like, um, what do you think about doing that on stage? And would would that bother you? Would you be able to do it? I was like, yeah. Right. I was like, that that's nothing. Like, because most people said, were you nervous? Or asking, were you nervous? I mean, it's in front of, you know, 5,000 people or whatever that were at the uh, theater that night. And it was just like, would you be, you know, you'd be able to do it? I was like, yeah, there's nothing. Because at that point in time, all I looked at was that it was between me and her. Right. You know what I mean? That's all I cared about. Right. You know, so that basically, he calls me back and says, like, yo, I'll let you know what's up. The funny thing about it is not even, I would say not even an hour later, he calls me back and says, it's done. He said, we're going to do it this day. I know, You know, as we get closer, we'll finalize everything. And that was it. Wow. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Um, you know, now, right now, it's probably like a hundred and some odd thousand hits on, on YouTube. YouTube or nice. two no, I think she looked at it a couple it was like two hundred or That's something like crazy. that. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Um switching gears. Um speaking of YouTube. Uh -huh. See you a lot on social media. Yeah. And a lot of people kind of steer away from the the hot button issues mm. that, you know, you you drive right to the accident. Yeah. You seem to drive right in the accident and really don't care who you piss off. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you we've all had to hit that delete button on yeah. folks, man. Have yeah. you messed up any uh friendships yeah. oh, or, yeah. or, or money? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever messed up any money with that? Any money? Have I messed up any money? Like like I we do business clients. with now, you such no. and such. Okay. Uh uh, not not clients. Um family members. Really? Family members, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Talking about old Raven stuff, you know, that old I hate mm. Flacco stuff. You talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's not necessarily not necessarily that. It's that um, I don't pull a lot of punches, uh -huh. um, and and I don't expect anybody else to because I, I'm just a subject to whatever you feel that you want to say about me, and that's fine. Um, just just know that a lot of times that I'm if I'm saying something to you is is from. It's coming from a place where I'm looking at it to where I'm like, uh, you know, it, it's a place where I don't have a problem saying how I feel. Right. You know what I mean? And, and you should have, a, you know, the other person shouldn't either. So if I have family, friends, I had to hit a delete button on a guy a couple months ago and we were talking about just, just racial stuff. Yeah. White guy. White guy. It's big uh, stuff right there. Shout out to my man, BP. Uh-huh. You know, that's still my dude, and, and I defended him. I, I defended him too because at the end of the day, you're uh, in, entitled to your opinion, right? Which I don't. But uh, what bothered me about what he did, um, 
he actually uh, disrespected a couple people, ah. insulted a couple people. Yeah, you know, and I've never had to delete anybody other than to make room. Right. For friends, because I'm like at that limit. You know, how you get at that limit where it's like five thousand people, and Facebook won't let I, you. I personally in. don't, because I was never on the radio. But uh, no, you know, but, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with my 396 that's, friends. That's <laughs> but but uh, but we let's get back to these famous nigga problems. Um, <laughs> well. Uh, that's the only. Th- other okay. than that, that was that's the only time I actually had to delete somebody because, you know, family members have deleted me or uh, friends have deleted me because I don't have a problem saying, "Look, this is how I feel. If you don't like it, that's fine. I, I might feel that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just how I feel. You yeah. can feel a certain type of way, and it's a conversation. Yeah." Friends, on the other hand, it's a little bit different because I'm going. I'm going to let you go, but so far to actually, and and I could tell you it's two. It's been two friends that I had to delete. High school friends. It bothered me to do it because you always just want to be like, ah, I'm the better person. I can get over it. But if you're the type of person that is that is spewing negativity, every time I go down my timeline yeah. and I see something about white this or black this and yeah. this is why black people get away with this and this is why white yeah, people act cold word. yeah so it's like yeah privilege yeah you know what i mean that type of thing i don't need, i don't need to hear that you say you feel bad well well no nigga i hit that sniper yeah. button yo I, yo I am a facebook sniper they <laughs> like oh did he say thug he meant nigga yeah. you gotta go like i i have seen you know, with the, with the climate, with the present and whatnot, and I don't yeah, like yeah, to get yeah. too serious on yeah, it. Yeah. But you've seen so many people get so racist, especially. Yeah, yeah. Um, we went to we 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 grew up in Anne Arundel County, and Anne Arundel County is very very racially mixed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you have every like social social socioeconomic like status. Yeah, so yeah. you see so many people, and people are you know people's money usually determine their views. Right, right. And right. people that you grew up with that you was cool with and you went to school with right. we didn't understand that when they got home right. mommy and daddy was like hey right. stay away from them niggas right, but right. you know you gotta go to school with them and right. and, and that stuff because you, you learn that stuff right, right. you don't just you're not never born in right. that's some sort of thing but you see it all it's so crazy man right. And but I'm quick I, I start looking for the cold words right. thug uh, they'll say those people <laughs> in Baltimore City like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hit the sniper button. And they have, and they have, and and I've defended some people mm-hmm. to a fault. Okay. Like to a fault to where I I really didn't see it until they actually insulted some other people, and I was just like, nah, I can't allow that to happen. Not with the platform that you know that I've built to the point where people should be able to say what they feel or post what they feel, right? And and discuss it because like. It, Believe me, like some of my friends that that come up with their concepts, like I'll sit there and be like, "Yo, that's a good point." Right. You know what I mean? Like I never thought about it. it might not be something I agree with, but I'll listen to you. You right. like I don't have a problem with listening to listening to you, especially if you're giving that angle. But it's never been to a point that I lose money. Yeah. It's never it's never been to that point. Okay. If if anything, I you you have to learn how to work with people that have different views you have to especially when it comes to money because it's going to be a lot of people that have different views than you 
look at black people a certain way, white people a certain way, yeah. or just not even agree with your views, period. Right. You know what I mean? Or something that you want to do. I've never lost like money just because of, you know, I had to, you know, I had different views than somebody. Okay. You know what I mean? So that, that's never happened. But friends and and family on 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 uh Facebook, yeah. And I even had to come out and just apologize because yeah. I allowed one of my friends to insult, you know, a couple people on my platform, and it, it just wasn't right. So. That's crazy. Now to switch things up, I'm gonna right. put you on the spot, man. One of the features, uh, one one of the recurring uh, things that we do on the show is called "Shoot the Fire." Okay. Uh, top five lifts of it can honestly be any and everything. Okay. Um, okay. One category or a couple? I'm just gonna give you. I'm just. I'm, I might go one or two. Things. Okay. Right. Uh, top five DJs of all time. Uh, first being the best or just five? Just you give me five. I won't. Oh. I won't. I won't. I won't have, make you stick to it like that. All right. Uh, J. Okay. Rest in peace. Jazzy Jeff. Oof. Yes. Rock Raider. Ooh, Rock Raider. <laughs> yeah, Rock Raider. That that I'm like, um. Oh my God! It's so many of them. It is. Yeah, it's so many. Uh, DJ Scratch. Oof. Scratch just because of the production tip and Buster. He has yeah. Joints. And some joints just that he was nice with uh, you know, with his hands. You okay. know, and, and uh, being in the competition like the DMC joints. So that's four, right? Uh -huh. Oh, one more. Yep. I got to I got to give an explanation with this one though. Okay. Kid Capri. Who? Kid yeah. Capri. That beige nigga from Kid Death Capri. <laughs> helped me guide my show. Really? As far as like um as far as like when I'm DJing. Uh-huh. Learning how to get in and out of records, playing the best part of records. Okay. That's who I learned that from. You know, okay. like like cutting and scratching. I probably learned Jazzy Jeff from the at first, right? And then Kid is what taught me how to, the showmanship. Okay. So. Now you putting Kid on this list has nothing to do with him introducing you to a certain club. <laughs> Hell yes! <laughs> Hell yes! Shout out to uh, Skylark. Ooh, the Skylar. Rest in peace, Skylar. Yeah, Skylar. <laughs> yes. But no, it doesn't. The funny thing is that just him coming to town and and, and him, uh, you know, giving me the guidance and talking to him just about, you know, DJing and, and, and him knowing about a spot that I knew nothing about. Like in we your knew area. Nothing, in our area. Yeah. We knew nothing about. It was like, yo, it's the middle, middle of, of the, the day. day. Yeah. It's the middle of the day. And it's like, yo, we go to the Skylark. We like, where? He's like, yeah, we go go. We got some time to kill. We're gonna eat and drink at the Skylark. <laughs> Where the hell is that at? Man, they soon as you ride in town. I'm smiling right now. Yeah, that was a great time. Yeah, that was a great time. Hey, look, man, uh, that's 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 probably gonna do it for us. Um Yeah. How can our people what what are you doing now? Before before we get out of okay. here. Okay. Now it's just basically the the promotions of different concerts. Okay. You know, you can find me on Facebook. They made me change my fucking name. Did I they? had to curse about that. I had to curse about that. Because they made me change my name. Right. Because they said more people will try to find me as Rod Stevens. I said, listen, it's only certain people that I grew up with going to college. 
I mean, going through high school and college. Right. I said I know more people as Rod Matt Flavor right. than Rod Stevens or Rodney Stevens or whatever. Okay. But you can find me if you look up Rod Matt Flavor, you still can find Rod Stevens. It's okay. just they they made me change my name on Facebook. Okay. And also Instagram is Rod Matt Flavor. Okay. Twitter is Rod Matt Flavor, so you can find me. And yep. um, Adam, man, tell him how you feel about how he feel and uh, vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, be sure to get at him, man. Be, get, be sure to get at us at Ways Buffy on Twitter, on the Instagram. Um, shout out to Fat Boy Diz, who is in the house tonight. But this is this we, we we did a special interview. We haven't done this before. Um, we definitely need your feedback on this. Let us know. Get us at us. Get at us on Facebook. Um, and uh, let us know how you feel, man. Rodney, I appreciate you coming through, brother. No problem. No problem, my brother. All right, man. Family. Peace.